One Bible verse commonly used in comforting others who are suffering from some anxiety is 1 Peter 5 7. It says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. A casual reading of the verse would suggest to us to just leave the load at Jesus' feet and not carry it around ourselves. If that is what the verse plainly means, it is practical advice. For why should you lug your cargo around with you when you can just leave it at the customer service counter? Are you coming back for it? Or, are you leaving it for good? What will he do with it? Or, does it mean he will bear it for you as you go on with your life? If we take this meaning of the verse, how does it resolve? What happens to that anxiety you've deposited with him? So you see, we need to investigate what this verse means. Let's break down that verse and see what we can find. Casting all your care upon him. Dash casting according to strong is to throw upon. This Greek word pi iota pi tau omega, ep or rip 2, appears only twice in the New Testament. If we just stopped at the common interpretation of the word, what comes to mind is the image of throwing something. This suggests the employment of some degree of force, even violent force. But this poses a problem. I could not reconcile the upon him part. Is God telling us, even commanding us to cast our cares upon him? Why can't I just do this gently and respectfully? Why not decently lay my cares at his feet, or just lay them before him? Where did Peter get this idea? Well, it seems he quoted this partially from Psalm 55:22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. If we take the meaning of cast as laying down and not a forceful throwing down, the two verses become identical. This is also what some commentators say, that the two verses are the same. However, if we look at how Peter used this, his word has the imagery of throwing over to cover something like a cloak, as in Luke 19:35, and they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. This seems to mean when we cloak our distractions, solicitude, care-slash-concern-slash-anxiety-slash-uneasiness of mind occasioned by the fear of evil or the desire of good, upon Jesus, we are covering him with it, making him wear it, and it no longer becomes ours. Carrying on with this scenario, and we see him wearing our ugly garment, what feelings does it evoke in us? Is it not a shame for him, even mixed with pity because we've made him wear our filthy raiment when he doesn't deserve it? Doesn't this sight compel us to right away remove it from him because he doesn't deserve it, and we don't want him to wear it any longer? But is he who is telling us, even commanding us to cast our cares on him? I believe the reason is that he has no intention of keeping it on him either, because he already has taken them to the cross and nailed it together with all our sin. You see, all anxiety and worry is sin because it is the expression of unbelief in our hearts. We have a problem with unbelief. We can't believe he sees our problem, we can't believe he appreciates our situation and its ramifications, we can't believe our problem is worth his time and trouble. For he cares for you. The Greek for cares means, be of interest to, concerned. Isn't that incredible? The God of creation is interested in you. Jesus is truly concerned and interested in the details of our lives. Even if you personally knew the city mayor, he might not even lift a finger to help you with your problem because he has a boatload of problems to take care of. The president of the country will not even read our plea for help in our situation because the entire nation looks up to him to solve the big problems of the country and he simply has no time for someone's insignificant, private matters. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Creator of all things takes the time to count the number of the hairs on your head. He knows what's happening in our lives, with our family, with our job, with our finances, and even if we've bungled everything beyond repair, he says to us, I can handle that if you let me. Put it on me and I'll get rid of it for you. There is no way this sin of anxiety slash uneasiness of mine would be eliminated if this dirty garment just went into the clothes hamper. All sin had to be upon Jesus so it could be nailed to the cross with him. 
the cancellation of the consequences and effects of sin is accomplished only at the cross and nowhere else. In a nutshell, if we take this exposition on 1 Peter 5 7 as valid, then Psalm 55 22 is resolved because Jesus was not yet born during the Old Testament. Psalm 55 22 was given as a prophetic, prefigurative command of what Christ would do for us in that tree on Calvary. The Old Testament looked forward to what he would do, the New Testament looks back to what he has accomplished. The central theme of the Bible is God's sacrifice of the Lamb of God so that the sin of humanity would be covered by it. Anyone who will believe that Jesus' sacrificial death was sufficient to pay for the penalty of his sin will be free from condemnation, and will not have to bear the consequences of the sin that is upon every human being on this planet. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3 16-18 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 3 36 What should you do? Friend, are you burdened by so much anxiety over what's happening in the world today? Jesus is inviting you to a place where your soul cannot be disquieted. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11:28-30. To take his yoke means to come under his lordship, so he can teach you his way and you can walk in it and find inner peace not having to worry any more about anything in this world. Accept him today as your personal lord and savior and become a child of God. You will find the peace that this world can never give you, and you will have hope in the future that God has promised to all who put their trust in Him. If you are ready to make this decision, pray a short prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I am a condemned sinner, and that there is nothing I can do to solve my sin problem. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to earth as the sinless Lamb of God, who gave your life in Calvary, rose again the third day and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and will soon come back to earth. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me of all my sins, and grant me your promise of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, the Bible says you have been born again by the Spirit of God. Let me know and I'll gladly help you grow in your faith in Christ. Blessed by this issue? Share the blessing with others and click on the follow button for more articles like this. Until the next issue, God bless you.